0: Bet Tafshin Zion, coming to you live from the headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York. My name is Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. <laughs>
1: i will not
0: Davidi Hine Opens things up here on this week's live edition of the Israel Show My name is Mayor Weingarten Thank you for joining us on the Nahum Siegel Network We're here each and every Monday Immediately following JM in the AM 9 a.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Israel time And uh, we are thankful that you have made us a part of your week Of course, wherever else you might be you're listening at that time, so uh, whatever time it is where you are, or if you're listening on demand, then you can, and there's so many people that do, and uh, as I mentioned uh, a bit earlier on uh, Jamie and the AM, last week's show, I think, had a very good um, overview of the history of um, the modern Middle East in general, and worthwhile, whether it's for you or for a friend to listen to the archives of that, and I think uh, there'll be a lot to be learned. The question I was trying to answer was uh, the difference between the areas, the territories that were taken by Israel in 1948 above and beyond what the UN uh, uh, um, assigned to this Jewish state and why those are not in contention versus the 1967 um, areas. But um, in order to get there, I uh, did this review from World War One, basically, and so forth. Worth, worth a listen. A couple of quick uh, things before we get on to more music and then on to the topics of the day. Yehuda Glick, the Knesset member, those of you uh, who may not know him by name, it's, he has a large red beard. He was shot point blank uh, two years ago and uh, by a miracle made it, and then became a Knesset member. He's a, a, a wonderful person, a vigilant fighter for Jewish rights on and, Har uh, Habayit, and many other things. His wife, Yaffa in her own right, a very special woman, uh, is very sick. She had, I believe, a stroke on Shabbat, and he is asking everybody to pray for her, so we're Joining in that message, Yafa Bat Lea, Yafa Bat Lea Lerufu Um And Nefesh Benefesh is inviting everybody in Israel to come and greet the uh, next Nefesh Benefesh charter, and that's always such a great event. It's on July the 4th. Um, it's going to take. Place. It says here that there's a, the Indian Prime Minister is arriving on that day, and they don't want to have a conflict. So the arrival reception, welcoming the July Aliyah charter flight, will take place at a new location on the El Al campus at Ben Gurion Airport. Guests should be at Ben Gurion later than 8:30 a.m. They have uh, buses are being provided from Jerusalem and Tel Aviv. We'll bring you to the reception and so forth. So um, you can look on their site, nbm.org.il. N B N Nefesh You can email ceremony at nbn.org.il. Uh, or you could call 054 700 2338 2338 for the Nefesh Benefesh Arrival Flight. Uh, always exciting and always uh, emotion filled. Um, we'll go to one more song, then we'll tell you a little bit about the uh, topics of the day that we're going to discuss. We'll start off with uh, the situation in Syria which uh, quite a number of people um, are worried about. And uh, we'll share that with you. Gad Elbaz and Benny Elbaz get together to do Hashem Melech, and you are going to hear it right now on the Israel Show on the Nacham Siegel Network. I'm Mayor Weingart, and thanks so much for joining us and making us a part of your week. Every once in a while, I would just like to do that, play some of the old nineteen seventies Israeli radio advertisements. That was for Tempo. Does that bring back memories? And <laughs> it was a mitzah. There was this great um, um, situation where you could uh, send in uh, the caps of the bottles, and if you collected enough, and I'm sure there was a lot, you would get a taklit. A record of some, you know, music, obviously. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> tempo lahit hamivtashem <laughs> Um We have war war later on in the show. My name is Mayor Wangert, and you're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Syrian border with Israel heated up a bit over the weekend. The um, this long long civil war that's taking place in Syria which has killed I don't know, well I do know actually Um, the numbers are like six to seven hundred thousand people were killed and um, over ten million people have been made refugees see the world really worried right? you see the world being very concerned about this you see demonstrations on the campuses all over the United States about uh, this well, anyway, um, this civil war has been going on, and now it's been made more complicated by, uh, not now, but for a while already, by the um, entrance of ISIS into this war, Iran, Russia, which was allowed to enter by the non-action of President Obama, and um It's scary. So, over Shabbat, this fighting, which takes place, some of it right near the Israeli border, in the Golan Heights, some uh, bombs made it over to the Israeli part and exploded in empty fields and so forth, empty areas. But that's more than enough to get Israel concerned. And so, Israel. Uh, sent in its planes and bombed some tanks, and it wasn't about the tanks. It was to make a statement. Israel made a very strong statement, and that is, hey, stay away. Don't start with us. Don't mess with us. Watch it. That's the message. And Bar Hashem, Israel is strong enough to send that message to everybody in the area, There is coordination between Israel and Russia, at least in the sense of let's not shoot each other's planes down. But that's a very, very, very delicate situation, very complex, and um, we'll always try to keep our eyes out on it for you, and you should as well. Just think for one second, as this conversation seems to never let up about quote-unquote occupied territories and giving away um, land, land for peace and so forth. Often, in the past decades, whether it was Prime Minister Rabin or Prime Minister Netanyahu, there was talk about making a deal with Syria and giving up the Golan Heights. Imagine for a moment if Syria extended to include the Golan Heights, and now this fighting that's taking place at the end, the edge of the Golan Heights, near the border with Israel, would take place on the shores of the Kinneret. And the leakage, this is Liga, of the fighting of the bombs would be not in some empty territory or empty area on the, on the Golan, but would be Tveria, tsvat that whole area around uh, the Yeshuvim of the Kinneret. There were people, and there still are people, who say, well, in modern times, we don't need territory. It's, it's, you don't need territory. It's, uh, you know, there's missiles, and there's all kinds of other forms of uh, defense that you don't really... Territory doesn't help you your security. Shimon Peres uh, believed that. I heard him say it in private conversation as well. And um, that's being proved to be untrue. Whatever you think about all the other stuff. Keep that in mind. Okay, we're gonna as promised, debut the song the cover of the song Zemer Nogue. This is the song that is probably most associated with Ilan Ramon, his His wife sent it to him uh, to be played by NASA when he was up in the space shuttle before his death when the shuttle came crashing down to earth, unfortunately and sadly. And it's a a sad song. That's what Zemer Nuge means. HaTishma Koli Rechokhi Sheli Can you hear my voice from far away? Do you hear my voice wherever you are? and so appropriate for a wife to send that to her husband, who's in outer space. It was redone as part of a galate Tzahal project to, re, uh, to, to redo the entire album. The artists are called the Halonot HaGevohim. That was the original. It was redone many times, but here they're doing the entire album. This is the first one to come out. We're po- posting a link to the video. The YouTube video of the song, we're going to post it to our Facebook page right after the show, together with uh, the YouTube videos of all the music that we played today, the playlist in its entirety, any time there is a uh, link to the song. Every once in a while you find a song that I just can't find the link to not on youtube or anywhere else but but 99 percent of the time it's there so if you want to hear it again you can go to our facebook page facebook.com slash the israel show daniela specter and geva alone do this cover debuted yesterday in israel we're debuting it here today on the israel show your source for great new israeli music my name is mayor and you're tuned to the israel show on the nachom siegel network
1: Deich mag kolle, weh ho ki
0: Nice. Nuge, Daniel Specter, Daniela Specter, and Geva Alone. Cover of the uh, of the old classic, Hatish Makoli, or Zemer Nuge, whichever way you wanna call it. My name is Mayor Wanger and you tune to the Israel show on the Nachum Single Network. Well, oftentimes public officials, elected officials feel so battered by the media. And we see it here in the States and the same as in Israel. The media takes every opportunity to to attack those that they don't like and uh, to praise those they do in different ways. (laughs) Media isn't always so unbiased as they claim to be. Anyway, it's very hard for a public official or any public figure... To sue for libel. The law in America states that not only does the person who uh, is being sued, let's say a newspaper publishes something about a public official, it's not enough that the public official shows it to be not true. That's not enough to prove libel if you are a public official. You also have to prove that the person intended to libel you that's like almost impossible to prove i mean how could you prove someone's intentions and so it's pretty much almost impossible (laughs) to to sue a media outlet back in the day you, you may remember and if you don't you can look it up our real show on sue time magazine and as much as it was proven that they lied, um, he couldn't prove intent, and so he lost. It was a very well-covered um, trial, it took place here in the United States. Well, there is a um, journalist in Israel whose name is Yigal Sarna, extreme left. He has a weekly column in uh, in the weekend which is like the Sunday New York Times. Very popular, everybody. Uh, well, not everybody, but it's very popular, and, and um, people read it. And in their um, opinion section, he gets a full page every Friday. Now, he published a story not in Chrono. That's important. He published a story on his Facebook account. And it is like a fantasy story out of La La Land. The story goes like this. This is what he writes. He writes that, and he writes that this happened, that uh, there was a fight between Benjamin Netanyahu and his wife, Sarah. They were in the car being driven on the Jerusalem-Tel-Aviv highway. So they're in the motorcade. It's It's usually more than just his car and his wife Sarah Netanyahu got so angry at the prime minister that she demanded that they stop the car and that he get out. And in fact the car stopped. I don't even I don't know if he says that 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 Netanyahu got out. But the car stopped. They stopped the motorcade because Mrs. Netanyahu demanded it. Now you got to think that story is crazy. I really, I mean is that is is the Israeli security so so uh, pliable, flexible, uh, malleable? I mean, really? The prime minister's wife says pull over and they pull over? I don't know. It 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 just doesn't sound right. And so it sounds so crazy and so fictitious that the Netanyahu's decided that here's an opportunity to to have a libel uh, verdict against this journalist. Now, mind you, Sarah Netanyahu is under constant barrage of negative press in Israel. She's not even an elected official, but you know how the press are once they get on something. I don't know what the truth is about Sarah Netanyahu I don't know what type of person she is I never met her I have no clue but they the Israeli media sorry the Israeli media makes her out to be a crazy lady a nutty person um, somebody who is constantly demanding things from other people I have no idea if it's true or not I really have no idea and quite frankly it almost doesn't make a difference other than the fact that she is the wife of a prime minister that the left hates. Well, the Netanyahu's won. That's what's amazing in this libel case. The, the story was so insane that they won. Now, why were the questions taken up? One is, he didn't publish it in the newspaper. When you publish something on Facebook, if you're a journalist, does that count as libel? And the court said yes. He claimed that it was like an allegory. It wasn't a real story. It was maybe... It, it, it was a parody. But the judge said, no. Look, you you wrote, he, the judge says to Yigal uh, Sarna, you wrote in the story, Ma Seshahaya. So, you've, you've led your reader to believe that this actually happened, not that it's some sort of... Uh, allegory or some sort of a parody. The judge also said that this type of writing makes the prime minister a target of derision by the people, and it adds to the already huge burden of his office and makes his job even more difficult, which is an interesting reasoning, and that his wife is made out to, be, to look like an irrational malcontent, you know, who, who's always uh, getting angry at people and making a scene. So, he was found guilty and he uh, was ordered to pay a total of 115,000 shekel, which translates roughly to $32,000. Some of it was going to um, Mr. Netanyahu, the Prime Minister, some to Mrs. Netanyahu, and uh, a part to cover the uh, the, the court costs. 60,000 shekel to, to Bibi, 40,000 shekel to his wife, and 15,000 shekel to Uh, Cover the cost of the court, which uh, he has to now pick up. So what happens after the verdict? And that, I think, is as interesting as the verdict. Two things I find interesting. One is that after the verdict, this hater, I guess, Yigal Sarna, gets up and says, after the verdict an irrational crazy woman controls the entire nation the entire country through a weak person meaning her husband who is uh, according to that a weak husband Uh, unrepentant and then he, (laughs) he does something which I I didn't think of, but I guess from his perspective, it's pretty brilliant. He opens a crowdfunding account in which he says to the people out there, if you're with me, donate to my crowdfunding project to pay... The fine that was given to me to the court, the 115,000 shekel. Within 24 hours, he raises over 100,000 shekel. Twenty, about 28,000 of the 32,000 he raises in 24 hours, and tells you a lot about Israeli society. It tells you a lot about the polarization of Israeli society and the hate. The, the the contempt that a part, I assume a small part, of Israeli society has for the Netanyahu's. I mean, if we look at the United States today and Trump and how this um, culture of hatred against President Trump and his family and so forth has has taken hold. In Israel it's a little less than that, but still... It's there. In fact, you may remember when the President Trump arrived to Israel, the microphone picked up. Sarah Netanyahu was saying to um, Mrs. Trump, to the First Lady, we have a lot in common. The media hate us both in, our, in each of our countries. So um, not far from the truth. Not far from the truth. The media tried to make fun of her for that, but that really is... Um, think something to remember so yes the netanyahu's win no they don't get to shut down the voices of opposition and that's the way it should be in a democracy and um, the writer goes unrepentant and continues in his ways feeling supported by the public who raise over a hundred thousand shekel in 24 hours, $28,000 in 24 hours in crowdsourcing. So, an interesting day for all, let's put it that way. Um, We're going to play something new, David Dahari, Ruach Tzfonit is called. I'm not familiar with the artist, I like the song, recently came out about a week and a half ago, so we'll play it for you here and hope that you like it as well. Ruach Tzfonit, my name is Mayor Weingarten, you're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
2: ammin selo khlu adot He
0: that was uh, another uh, nostalgic piece of uh, advertising from Israeli radio back in the 70s advertising for bananot or bananas in English and bananot in Hebrew (laughs) before that David Ahari with Ruach Tzfonid a new one I hope you like it, I I found it good if you like it, let us know we're going to post a link to it on our Facebook page after the show, facebook.com/slash/the-Israel-show, and you're all invited to let us know if you like any song in particular. Please, we'd be happy to hear from you because we want to play stuff that you are enjoying. So we have spoken on this program, but it's been quite a while since then uh, about an organization in Israel called Shovrim Sh'tika. Um, breaking the silence is the way you would translate that in English. Uh, In my opinion, this is uh, one of the more vile organizations in Israel. They go around encouraging soldiers after they leave the army to come and bear testimony to things that they as soldiers have done that would be considered either war crimes or just horrible, unethical behavior. And um, they're being funded in part, but a nice chunk of their their, uh, budget. They're being funded by outside sources, meaning sources from outside of Israel, including European Union and other European countries Who are happy to show Israel as the aggressor. Who are happy to have Israelis, former Israeli soldiers, coming and testifying to how terrible and brutal Israel is. And it's all because of the occupation. Quote, unquote. What are the problems with Shovrim Shtika? Number one... Their testimony is anonymous. They go around the world. That's the second problem we We read recently about the Miraglim who talk badly about the the the, the land of Israel. These are people who go around the world, including the United Nations, including throughout Europe, and they lecture and bring out these anonymous testimonies of soldiers who say Israel's barbaric. Look how Israeli army is doing this. It's not just one or two people. It's all part of, uh, part of the policy, even if it's un- unsaid. Horrible, horrible. They, by doing this, they're, they're, they're giving so much support to the BDS movement, even if they claim they're not. They lecture on college campuses. They lecture wherever they're invited. They've been to United Nations General Assembly here in New York. And they've been to United Nations committees in, in Geneva and in Europe, etc. And it breaks your heart. Now, there there have been stories that they actually get paid per testimony, that they bring per eyewitness witness account. So every soldier that comes forward and says, I beat a Palestinian for no good reason, I shot at somebody, and so forth, every such soldier, they get a certain payment, which is pretty pathetic, sad, crazy, vile, evil, because that is encouraging them to run around and look for soldiers and, and exaggerate the story, maybe. Let's also say... That there are cases where a soldier takes out his aggressions on, on an Arab that's being held in custody or just uh, any Arab. It happens. It is the total exception to the rule. They claim that the army never investigates reports of such situations. The army claims it does. I mean, we can look at the Elor Azaria case. Although some say, well, if there wouldn't be a video, it wouldn't have happened. It wouldn't come to court. I don't know. Either way, Shavrim Shtika is not really about trying to create a better situation. They're about debasing the state of Israel, defaming the state of Israel and creating a general world atmosphere in which Israel is considered a war criminal, a pariah, and so forth. Now, recently one one person gets up, unlike everybody else who's anonymous, this person gets up at a Shavrim event and publicly says, my name is Dini Saharov, and I'm 25 years old, and when I was serving in Hebron, and this, he was an officer. He says, I came upon, and he, he says with cynicism, a really great find. I came upon an adult who was throwing rocks, not a child. It seems that they won't arrest the children who are throwing rocks, only adults. And he found an adult who was throwing rocks. And they um, subdued him and they, he was sitting in the corner. And he wanted to handcuff him, and the person just wouldn't allow himself to be handcuffed. He was doing this uh, nonviolent protest, nonviolent resistance. He was just sitting there and wouldn't let them handcuff him. This is what he says. And his commander says to him, Hey, Saharov, go and get that guy in handcuffs and bring him in. And he he says that he doesn't know what to do. He he doesn't know how to deal with such a situation where he's confronted with nonviolent protests. He he he's not sure what he's supposed how he's supposed to handle it. And so he grabs him by the neck and he beats him. He kicks him in the face and he beats him till he's bloodied and almost fainting. He handcuffs him and drags him to um to the base. Here's uh, here's his original statement. In Hebrew, is it might be a little hard to hear because it seems that there were protesters there who were trying their best to block out the sound by whistling and so forth. But if, now that you know the story, you, you hopefully will be able to make out uh, what he's saying. This uh, uh, Dean Yisachar, Dean meaning like John Dean, Dean Yisacharov.
3: קוראים מדיני שכרוב, אני בן 25 אני אבגייסתי ביוגוס 2011 ושירדתי עד אוגוס 2015 בערך במתוך התקופה הזאת כמפקד מפלקה וקצים בנחל בגזרת חברון ביום שישי אחד כמו בכל היני שישי שהיו שם שזריקות אבנים היה לנו הצלחה מבצעית מה שנקרא הצלחה מבצעית תפסו זורק אבנים שלא היה ילד ואותו זורק אבנים לא נתנו לנו להזוק אותו ואני כנוחם אף פעם לא ידעתי מה לעשות עם מישהו שמתנגד אלינו בצורה לא אלימה הוא ישב שם וחיבק את הילי והממפה שלי קרא לי והוא אמר לי שכרוב בוא לפה תעזוק את הפלסטיני <אז> ואני לא ידעתי מה לעשות, הממפה מסתכל עליי החיילים שלי מסתכלים עליי ואני עומד שם ואני חושב מה אני עושה עם בן שלא בא לדקור שלא בא and uh, he continues to say that it, it was a Friday, he, he said
0: that it was a Friday in the usual. Uh, Uh, violence ensues on Friday after the mosque so he says on Friday night they were all gathered together at the uh, Friday night uh, uh, table of the uh, of his uh, command all the soldiers around the table he says and before we made Kiddush which is very typical in most army bases before we made Kiddush my commander got up and he congratulated me for what I did Meaning, it's not just, I went crazy and freaked out. My commander agreed with what I did. Now, what do you do? Here's the the question. What do you do with a guy who gets up and says, hi, my name is so-and-so, and and I committed a, a crime. When I was in the military, I took somebody who was unarmed, who wasn't resisting, and I beat him to a pulp. Well, in Israel... Quite a number of people who served with this Dean Yusaharov in the same division said that never happened. And by his telling the story, he is really making us out to be bad guys. And that's not right. And they went and asked that he be investigated. He committed a crime. Like Elora Zaria, they're saying, right? Elora Zaria... Went against army regulations. He went against army regulations. And he committed a crime. He should be investigated. He himself is admitting it. In public, in front of everybody. There's only... Oh, here's the... um, So this story obviously is making big headlines in Israel. And here are... Here's a recording of his uh, brigade members who are calling him... Uh, a liar will play a little clip of that. We'll post both videos online for you. An eighty <laughs> Samal
4: Shra, what a shakran. Dean, an eighteen faket kitashra, that a shakran. Then in the show of an eighty hal shaw, that a shakran. Dean, eighty hal shavat a shakran. Dean, an eighty hal shavat a shakran. Dean, an eighty hal shavat a shakran. Dean, ready to do shaw, but a shakran.
3: Dean, eighty lochem of Lugasha, but a shakran. Dean.
1: So the,
0: most of them are saying I was a, a soldier under your command and you're a liar. And then his commander says one of two things is true. His commander says either um, you're a liar, or the, uh, the behavior of these soldiers is, is so uh, terrible, and that also includes me, and I know that's not true. Well, the story up until now, if you don't know it, it sounds like, um, okay, it's an interesting question, and, uh, now the police announce that they're going to start investigating. Here's the little wrinkle in the story. Dean Yisacharov is the official spokesperson of Shovrim Shtika, of that organization that publishes the usually anonymous accounts by soldiers who beat Arabs or who did things like this. And he now admits in public that he himself did that. And so, the left wing in Israel, the radical left, I should say, is going crazy. Oh my God, it's a witch hunt. How could they be going? They're only going after him because he's the head of Shavrim Shti- He's a spokesperson for Shavrim Shtika. And, and you say to yourself, Shavrim Shtika, they claim that they're a, a, a civil rights organization. That they care about human dignity, about other people. Well, if you're a human rights organization, what difference does it make if the beating took place by somebody who you like, in fact, who works for you, or the beating takes place by somebody who you don't like? If you're a human rights organization and you really care about human rights, then you should be all for the situation where they're investigating him. Now, they say, well, if you investigate him, you got to investigate everybody. Well, they don't give the names of everybody. That's part of the problem. Their witness accounts are all anonymous. They say, oh, there's only an investigation here because he's, he's, he's one of us. He's part of Shovrim Shtika. If he wouldn't be one of us, this wouldn't be happening. I don't know. But you got to ask yourself... How is it that a human rights organization is willing to stand up and protect one of its own doing something that the whole organization is supposedly there to be against, to oppose? And by the way, there was a... um, a documentary on television, an investigative report on uh, on TV in Israel, several, quite a number of months ago, on the program Uvda, where they uncovered one of these uh, radical left-wing um, activists. His name is Ezra Nawi, who goes around and literally is as if he's he's an Arab himself. Goes around and spends his life helping Arabs against Israel. But, when he found out that there was an Arab that wanted to sell his land to an Israeli, to a Jew, this Ezra Nawi went and snitched to the Palestinian Authority. And you know that the Palestinian Authority has a rule on its books. And the rule says, if you, a Palestinian Arab, sell your land to a Jew... You've committed a crime and you are subject to death. Death. And so this Ezra Nawi went and handed over an Arab to the Palestinian Authority knowing that he would get killed because he was more interested in making sure that the land doesn't get sold to a Jew than he was about any human rights. And the same Shavrim and others are protecting him and covering for him and so forth. And their whole point is that the occupation ultimately corrupts us as a people. When I mean, you wonder who's more corrupt and who is less corrupt, not sure, not sure. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nahum Segal Network. Here is uh, Hanan Ben Ari with Todasha at Ohavet Oti.
5: Todasha at Ohavet Oti. Umela Tefetet Yamai. Lamotah only Sharati. Umel Habeke Tet Bramai. Toda shiato è toti, She a father, Lord, if Sakti renaso. To dash ato ebedoti, Umela te fete de ti amai. La monta cornishe like I know it ain't the will you. I'm gonna I'm we're going to
0: Cut that a little short, with my apologies to Hanan ben Benari, one of the up-and-coming stars in Israel. We'll get to. We've played it before. We'll play it again. Trust me. Trust me. Trust me. I promise. But we're running out of time, and we're going to end off with um, Matanot Ktanot. We haven't played that in a while, and people uh, were asking for it. And uh, I just as as it uh, is, I want to thank those who have been um, commenting on the Naham single network app thank you very much Moshe Eisenberg does so on a regular basis always Divray tom things of uh, very smart logical uh, comments that he makes thanks you James from TNEC. Um, Gedlev 52 and others Yehudis also obviously on a regular basis and and many others thank you so much I try to answer when I can um we appreciate that you're tuned in and we appreciate that you're active. So we're going to end off with as we said Matanot Ktanot, the classic the contemporary classic by uh, Rami Kleinstein. Before we do so we're going to say thank you. Well before we say thank you we're going to ask you to please have in your prayers for Rufuah Ma Yafa Batlea Yafa Batleah. that's Yehuda Glick's wife and Uri Avraham Ben Elisheva, Uri Avraham Ben Elisheva, good friend of ours. Or L'Rifu'ash Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for all your Facebook likes and comments. Thanks to the staff of the Nachum Siegel Network and my very special thanks as always to Nachum Siegel. Coming up on the Nachum Siegel Network, an hour of great Jewish music followed by an encore presentation of Headlines with David Lichtenstein and then the Monday Music Marathon. Until next Monday. Immediately following Jay and the aim, this is Mayor Weingart reminding you the nice guys no they do not finish last. They're just running in a different race.
4: Shaya Rot Levanot Khosroth Mi Betkneze pote la toh Elo Michel, Let's see him The world is a world of love, and God is a world of love. I am not alone, but I